0: Friends in Christ, Gospel writer Matthew says this, "'Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, "'and I will give you rest. "'Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, "'for I am gentle and humble in heart, "'and you will find rest for your souls, "'for my yoke is easy and my burden is light.'" I appreciate the picture on the screen and on the cover of the bulletin. Doesn't that sum us up sometimes? I don't know where you're at now in life. Maybe you're, you're having a patch where, oh, when is this going to end? I kind of feel the weight of the world coming down on me. Stress, family, health, you name it. Well, fortunately, we have a friend. I want to ask you if you've ever heard of this name, and if you haven't, that's fine. Albrecht Dewar. You ever heard of Albrecht Dewar? Albrecht Dewar was an artist, painter, sculptor. And when he was younger, he was poor. He met another budding artist in school, and they both realized, we're not going to make it. (laughs) <laughs> this, it's, it's going to cost us an immense amount of money to stay in school and try to sell our art. It's not gonna happen. So they came up with the idea that one of them would work for a year supporting the other while the other would go out and hone his craft and sell his goods and, and try to make it big. Well, Albert's friend was the first one to go to work. Hard labor, worked with his hands, worked and worked and worked and helped support Albrecht. And during that time, Albrecht made it big. His paintings were selling, his sculptures were becoming famous to the point where the one worker or friend, excuse me, who was working didn't go on to hone his craft in the arts instead, he continued to work and work and work, and his hands became so frail and broken and gnarled, if you can imagine that. But Albrecht never forgot his friend. One day Albrecht went to go visit his friend who had done so much for him, and he came in and he saw his friend at the table praying. And that image was burned into Albrecht's head, and he said, "I have to say thank you to him." And so Albrecht made this. This is one of his most famous paintings and sculptures. A few weeks ago, I was walking on a bridge in Ohio, and I'm wondering, okay, is this sermon theme going to resonate with people? And as I'm walking by, there was a guy whose arms were about the size of my head, and I'm like, (laughs) and I walked by, and he had this tattoo on his arms. And I went, okay, God, you can speak to me here too. But this is what Albrecht did to to his friend to say, "I I want everybody to know and I want everybody to see and if anyone buys this art of mine, they are going to be remembered of the sacrifice that this great friend did for me. Sound familiar? Who is your friend? Who is your best friend? What is it? that you consider to be a friend. If you would be so kind, I have a few thoughts here and maybe they'll resonate with you. A friend is, first of all, someone who understands our silence. Do you have that friend? Every once in a while I'm guilty of being the friend where if you got a problem, you have a trouble, you got something that's aching, and I'm jumping to the rescue, and all I'm gonna do is word vomit and just say stuff, right? To the point where you're like, slow down. <laughs> I can't take all of this. I just, just need you, not, I Told this story once when my, my brother died tragically in a snowmobile accident. I like to say that's where he got to meet Jesus and go to heaven. A lot of my friends when we were at the seminary, nobody knew. They're like, what do we say? What do we do? I don't know what's going on. A lot of my friends just came over to my house and we just sat in my living room. No words. And now you have to understand what an accomplishment that is for Seven future pastors to sit in a room and keep their mouth shut. But they were there. So I want you to think about your friends. And, And again, the friend is someone who just is there and they understand our silence, that they don't always need to have the words, but they're there. Next one, a friend is someone who gives sympathy and empathy; those are two different, two different words. Sometimes people confuse them, right? Sympathy is again, you, you know, where you, you, your sorrow, you, you, you share the joys, you share the, the tears with someone. Empathy is someone who looks at you and says, "I know exactly what you're going through," because I too have gone through that. Right? The phrase that comes to mind is when Jesus saw the the, the woman, the widow, whose son had died, and it, it says his heart went out to her. Do you have a friend like that who is there with you during the sadness, during the tears, but they also go, Hey, boy, it sucks to be you. I wish I knew what you're going through. Or they say, I know exactly how you feel. Another one definition is a friend rushes in when everybody has walked out. Now, I've lived this life. Do you want to find out who your best friends are? Make a mistake. (laughs) And you will find out who your friends are that support you. Right, when everybody else is rushing out. I mean, everybody loves you when you're on top of the world, but when you are kicked to the curb and life is down and out, you find out in a hurry who your true friends are because they stick with you no matter what. So, the friend that you were thinking of, did they match up? Is that the friend? If you're like me, I can admit there are times that I have been the friend that that has not been like this. And I have had friends that have not carried this out. But you know where I'm going. Jesus comes to us as a friend. He doesn't say, come to me, everybody here who's got it together. Come to me, everybody who's strong. Come to me, whose life is, is all right. He says, come to me you who are weary and heavy burdened, and I will give you rest. Think of the rest that Jesus gives to us, right? That Jesus, again, if you're like me then, and there's a situation going on and, and you're like, the world has turned on me, no one is around, I don't, God, where are you? He is still there, even in the silence. Jesus who felt pain, who was tempted just like you and me by the devil but did not sin. Jesus who felt the nails in his arms and feet feels the pain that you experience as well. Jesus who had his best friends of three years turn their back on him And even betray him. Feels your pain. His heart goes out to you. (laughs) And what's awesome is when everybody else is running away and all of the things of the world, you and I, you know, well, if I just got this new boat, my life would be better. Oh, if I just got the new phone, my life would be so much better. Oh, if I just had, insert whatever you think you just had to have. And all of that is junk and garbage. When that all fades and technology goes away and people turn their backs and people are running away from you, Jesus never leaves you. Now that's a friend. Someone can do me a favor. And I'll give you all the money that's in my wallet, which I think amounts to, last time I checked, $3. Um, a couple punch cards to a local coffee shop in West Bend. You can have those. If you can tell me because you believe in Jesus, because you're here, because you, you, you have your life, right? I'm here in church. That your life will be perfect. Please tell me where it says that in Scripture. It doesn't. Jesus himself says, take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Sometimes as a Christian, life is even more stressful. <laughs> met a man in my first year of ministry at West Bend. Didn't like God. Didn't want to have anything to do with God. I'll fast forward and cut to the chase. Finally discovers, yes, my life with God is great. I need to have God in my life. No sooner has he been inducted into membership and finds out that he has cancer. (laughs) Why God, right? Why is it when the world and everybody else out there is having all of this happen and you do this to me? Doesn't it seem like that? We all have crosses. We all have burdens that you and I bear. But we need to remember that God is with us through those. We have the feeling of guilt, right? And I don't know how you are this morning when you walked in here, what, what sort of things are weighing you down, and it, it's like a weight, right? And you're carrying it with you, right? Maybe I got shame from things that I've said or done in the past, or I got regrets of coulda, shoulda, wouldas, right? You're there with me. But Jesus says, I got this. I'm going to give you rest, not just from the things of this world, but eternal rest, because all of your sins are forgiven. And I love the fact that we're doing it on a day that we have communion. Again, I don't know what, what your thoughts are, but sometimes the devil likes to have us play little like mind games where, oh, okay, got this. and uh, no, Okay, we're going to get to the picnic later. hope the guy doesn't preach. And lie. Uh, oh, look what they're wearing up there, right? And we tend to tune out from what this is right here. The greatest weight loss program ever that Jesus says, give me it all. I'm going to take it and it's going to be gone. When's garbage day here, Eli? When is it in Fort? Mondays. I think I used this illustration last time I was here. Eli, you take the garbage out, okay? Yay. Now imagine Tammy comes home and sees all of that garbage laying in the kitchen. I thought you took that out. Well, I thought it would be cool if I brought it back in here, right? Do you understand that we do the same thing when it comes to our sin? We take our sin and we say, Lord, at the beginning, I confess, I've done all of this. I I am laying it here at your feet at the cross. And then what we want to do is we want to take it all back and sit back down in the seats with our garbage. Leave it at the cross because there all is forgiven. And you will be assured of that Momentarily. So friends, if you are 14 or 40, again, everybody in this room has some sort of weight or, 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 or burden that we carry. But remember the one who is the great burden carrier who went to a cross for you. For you. To pay for your sins. So here's the part, and again, I don't know how your pastors say it, but I'm very blunt too as well. Might have learned that from someone. But this is where we call in our sermons your life of sanctification. You're like, okay, you kind of kept me awake. All right. Said all my sins are forgiven. I'm feeling a little bit like, whoo, okay, now what do I do? Well, this is where you wake up. This is where you look at the people sitting around you that may need rest. You look around in the community, the people you work with, the people that you have daily interaction with, and you wake up and you give them rest too. And some may say, well, is is that all? (laughs) There's a legend that a merchant wanted so badly to meet the Apostle Paul. Before he died. Apostle Paul is in Rome, about to be executed. And this merchant got a hold of Timothy and he said, Timothy, I have to meet Paul. I have to meet him. I have to meet Paul before he dies. So Timothy arranged the meeting. And the merchant walks in he sees Paul behind his jail cell, frail, showing the marks of someone who has lived a rough life, but nothing but a smile on his face and everyone around him singing hymns in a joyous atmosphere. The merchant walked out and talked to Timothy and said, Timothy, I don't get it. <laughs> Guy is going to die. The life that he lived for Christ, this is how it is going to end. How can he be so joyous? And Timothy says, he has Jesus. And the merchant said, Is that all? And Timothy said, that my friend is everything. You too have everything in Jesus, your friend.